0: Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for our first Verizon IndyCar Series press conference of the weekend. Joined now by the two drivers of the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports team, James Hinchcliffe driving the number five Aero Electronics SPM Honda and Robert Wickens driving the number six Lucas Oil SPM Honda. James, we'll go ahead and start with you. I know that uh, Phoenix has certainly been a challenge for for you in the past. I think a best finish of 12th. Sure. In the pe- sure, sounds about right. Sounds right? About right, it's in the trackside book. Not, not um, one of
1: those ones I keep personal track. Of, exactly, you
0: know. exactly. But uh, ultimately, with the new car here, there's a lot of high hopes for how it will perform on a short over like Phoenix. Your thoughts going into the weekend?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you're going to hear this a lot over the, you know, the first phase of the season. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. You know, first short oval for us, first oval race with the uh, with the UAK18 kit. So it's. Uh, it's you know it's still a lot to be, uh, to be found out when we hit the racetrack. Uh, we were all obviously out here for a couple of days in February. Um, the, the challenges seemed to continue for us at SPM in February. But uh, you know we've had a regroup, had some time to think about it. You know It's been a, a good chunk of time off since uh, St. Since Pete to kind of get our heads around everything that we learned there. And hopefully we can apply some of the general knowledge we've picked up on this car over the last you know, sort of six weeks and be in a little bit of a stronger position.
0: And to that point, St. Pete is, there's not a lot of crossover in terms of track strategy between St. Pete and here, obviously. But just in terms of getting back in the swing of the season and, and building momentum, is there anything at all that will translate over, even if it's from a team building standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest point, right, is just having everybody working together uh, in an actual race weekend, an actual race setting. You know, for uh, for us at SPM, we had a lot of changes in the offseason personnel-wise. I don't have a single person on my timing stand that I did in, in 2017, so um, every opportunity to to uh, be working together on the racetrack is, is vital for us. And uh, having that first race weekend under our belt was big. We learned a lot of, about ourselves and had, then, a little bit of time to make some adjustments, tinker some things, get used to what we want to do better and differently. And hopefully, that kind of knowledge you know plays into our hands here.
0: Joined also by your teammate, Robert Wickens.
1: Who doesn't know how to silence his cell phone. Oh, no. I remember my first press <laughs> conference. Some nerve. Are you
0: guys friends or something? We can't tell.
1: Not right now. Do we just become best friends?
0: Robert, yep. I, uh, obviously an eventful St. Petersburg weekend for you, and I didn't ultimately finish how you were anticipating or hoping it would finish. But coming into your, uh, your first oval race here at, at ISM Raceway, what are your thoughts and, and what are you thinking in terms of sort of what James was talking about? You know, not a lot of track knowledge that that translates over from St. Pete, but you've gotten several weeks under your belt now and heading into what could be a big weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, from my side, you know, first oval race, another another new experience here in IndyCar. So, um, yeah, learn a new format. I mean, from what I've heard, these these kind of two-day weekends are pretty chaotic. And I think uh, today is just going to fly by, and I think we're going to qualify, and then I'll get to the hotel and realize that we actually qualified already. But, uh, you know, I've never done a, a race weekend where you've qualified on the first day in with only, like, an hour between practice and qualifying, so... I think we have to, uh, we've done a good job. I mean, from my side at the test here uh, in February, it wasn't terrible. Um, I just didn't know what to expect. I mean, James, uh, unfortunately, took the big blunt of the test items because I would never driven an oval before. So it was more me just kind of getting up to speed. And I had a very conservative setup on the car, but it was pretty steady. We drove a bunch of laps, you know, got my eye in for an oval um, where James was, you know, off track a lot doing big setup changes to try and make the car better where I was just pounding laps with, with the car. So it, um, you know, unfortunately I feel like I didn't really help the team that much in terms of, uh, what we learned, but you know, they've, they've crunched some numbers. I think we're coming with a better car than where we tested and hopefully, you know, we can hit the ground running here. It's only an hour before qualifying our practice before qualifying, but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's see where we go
0: to ask a very hypothetical question. Let's say your first oval race isn't a short oval. Let's say it's a super speedway. Is your approach or your thought process or your anxiety, nervousness, any different heading into that kind of a weekend?
2: No, I mean, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, the same thing in St. Pete. I just went in with zero expectations and just kind of live the weekend and kind of go session by session and see how it goes. Um, I mean, that's been my philosophy in racing for a while. Um, and it's just, it works for me. I mean, I don't like to kind of think hypotheticals or do whatever. I'm just trusting the team and doing the job, like leave them to do what they need to do. And I just try to focus on driving and do the best I can. And it, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, first oval, you know, I think today will be fine. It'll just be driving laps and and qualifying. And then tomorrow in the race will be, will be something new entirely. And what is that? Looks fun. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know they drive on asphalt. That was just dirt. Anyway, there you go. Um, but no. So we'll just we'll just see. I mean, I'll be h- really happy if I can qualify around-ish the top ten. I think that's a pretty modest expectation. And then from there, um, the dream would be to finish every lap of my of my first oval race. You know, I, I wanted to finish every lap of my debut IndyCar race, and that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to do that this time.
0: Wonderful. We'll load up for questions, and we'll start with Bruce. We do have a mic.
3: Uh, Robert, two years ago when the series returned here, uh, Alexander Rossi and Max Chilton, it was their first oval race. And their response afterwards was, you got to be crazy to do this. Are you kind of expecting the same type of uh, feeling yourself once you get out there and you're inches apart, wheel to wheel with some of these guys trying to improve position?
2: I mean luckily I uh you know I'm I'm driving beside 23 professional race car drivers so I mean I think we trust everyone out there I mean at least I do and uh you know I mean it's it's going to be an experience I guess ask me afterwards but uh right now I mean I'm I'm pretty calm I'm not that really nervous about it I just kind of want to do it I mean I've been more anxious for this race and over the off season than I have been for St. Pete or for anything else just because uh, I know how to drive a road course, you know, so that wasn't anything crazy apart from learning a car, but this is a whole entire philosophy altogether. And I mean, it's, uh, I'm still like in awe in the setup meetings and stuff like that when they're talking about staggers and this, that, the other, and all this funky stuff that I didn't know was really a thing until a couple months ago. So it, uh. You know, but I got this guy beside me. He's been keeping me, keeping me grounded, and, and giving me good race cars because he's been doing a lot of the work. Okay.
4: Uh, I have two questions, <laughs> uh, Robert. Two for you. Um, before you joined IndyCar, you were over in Germany with DTM, the highest national German championship. Totally different environment with touring cars. Was there any problem when you made the move from touring cars to open wheel to IndyCar to adapt to this kind of race cars?
2: Um, to be honest, no, because the DTM car has so much downforce that uh, it wasn't that hard for me to get back to open wheel racing. And I mean, also before I joined DTM, I was only driving open wheel, so um, it wasn't that different for me to, to jump back. But where uh, the only thing that was interesting for me was you know getting used to just open cockpit you know hearing the wind that was the strangest thing for me because for the first like three days of testing i did i I could only hear wind i couldn't hear the engine and like i was just driving around like hitting rev limiters on every upshift because i just didn't know you know it was just something new that i completely forgot about it wasn't even my head moving or anything like that it was it was purely just the like the wind noise but uh you know now i've gotten used to it and it's just business as usual now
4: and the second question, DTM, you have directly involvement of the manufacturers. They do all the marketing staff. They have extremely impressive hospitality. Now you're coming to a independent team. Is it, is it more enjoyable to work because maybe they're more flexible than a big, big outfit in DTM?
2: Yeah, short, short answer is, yeah, it's, it's a bit more enjoyable. I mean, being a, a part of a, a great, big manufacturer like Mercedes for so long, you're, you're pretty limited with what you can do and and what you can say we're here I think we have a lot of a lot of freedom you know we can we can make some funny videos online and we don't have to worry about this person being upset or that person I mean obviously that we have our own guidelines but it's uh, it's a way more relaxed than than what I'm used to
1: Uh, this is for either or both of you Greg Moore Arizona Republic good to meet you Uh, This being a celebration of Andretti, uh, Reunion Race race Weekend, I'm curious uh, about your thoughts about the drivers who've come before you and the way that the sport has evolved to today. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when uh, we announced we were coming back here, I think a lot of the drivers were very excited because. You know, this track was such a staple on the IndyCar calendar for so long, and there were so many great races held here, so many great battles that if you're a fan of the sport and, you know, a bit of a historian of the sport, you probably, wa- bless you, you probably watched and, uh, and enjoyed some of those battles. And the fact that Mario had his last win here obviously makes this place extra special for us. And, uh, you know, no matter what track we go to, you know, whether it's a place like ISM Raceway all the way to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the guys that have been driving these cars, you know, back through uh, through the start of the sport, they are heroes to us. They're, they're legends in our field. And it's a, it's a huge honor to be able to say that you are an IndyCar driver and kind of follow in their footsteps.
4: Um, since you uh, tested here uh, in February, uh, did you discover if there was a, uh, like, when it comes to lapping back markers, are you going to... Have to bully them off your preferred line, or are you gonna have to go off your preferred line to go around them?
1: I think uh, I think that's still TBD. You know, the series obviously has been uh, taking some some measures to try and get the second groove going a little bit for us. Um, ultimately, this is. Still going to be a mainly one race tr- or one lane racetrack, so I think uh, not a lot of people did a lot of running in traffic during the test. We're not going to see too much of it in P one, but certainly this evening we'll see some of it. And I think it's still going to be a, a case of you getting your car where you want you want it to be, and, and forcing the other guy to to kind of lift or if he wants to hang it around the outside, so be it.
0: I'm so sorry. We have to let Robert go. He's uh, running a few minutes late to a meeting. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. And James, Take it from here, Hinch. James, you have Brother? to stick around.
1: <laughs> Bruce. We only wanted to talk to Robbie. James can go. All right. <laughs>
3: James, are you still going to have to fight and root and gouge to get passes here like we did be- saw before? Are, are these passes going to be just as hard-earned as they were with the old kit?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still IndyCar racing. You know, this is still a-, a tough series to pass anybody in. The level of, of competition is so high, and um, that certainly hasn't. An- changed, if anything, it's gotten worse in, uh, in the offseason with the addition of rookies like, you know, Wiccans, who come here with boatloads of experience and and uh, get pulled in their first race. So um, this track's always been tough to pass on. Uh, it's partly due to the track, partly due to the cars, partly due to the, the closest of competition. I think the cars are going to be a little bit more forgiving in that sense. The track's still the track, and the competition's still high. So two out of the three things that made it tough to pass here before are still valid, but uh, we're definitely hoping that with the new kits, we can be a little bit more, uh, little bit more racy.
3: So after I talked with you after St. Pete, you hadn't had a chance to watch the end of the race, the last restart and all that, having had a chance to see that. I know social media was pretty lively that night uh, about the way it all came down. What was your view of how that happened, and especially uh, how well he did in his first race?
1: Well, I mean, I'll start with the second part of that. I mean, I don't think it can be overstated how well Robbie did in that first round uh, to go into a new environment, a uh, track he'd never been to, uh, qualify and pole in pretty difficult conditions, and really just command the race. You know, he said he, he learned he learned his biggest lesson on that first restart when, uh, when Jordan got him on the outside of one, and I think that was the only time he really, you know, on merit, gave up the lead, uh, you know, until he was bunted. So huge credit to him, and it just shows that you know, at SPM, we made the right decision and put the right guy in the, in the sixth car for 2018. Uh, as far as the incident in St. Pete goes, I mean, I think everything that, that could be said has been said about it. Um, the, the big question mark is really just a, a clarification, which I hope we get in the driver's meeting this weekend from, from the stewards as to why the decision was or was not taken for a penalty. one's um, No one's going to no criticize Alex for trying that move. 23 out of 23 guys on that grid would have done the same thing. Uh, the outcome obviously was suboptimal, as we like to say in the engineering world. Uh, and if you look at the way the rules are written and the way stewards have expressed how rules will be enforced uh, in that kind of situation, it, it definitely led some of us to think that, uh, that a call was deserved. But it's up to them. Uh, some clarification as to why that decision was made would be great. So hopefully we get it in the driver's meeting here.
0: Any final questions for James before we let him go? James, good luck this weekend. Thanks very much much, everyone.